wealth, security, and opportunity are a byproduct of success. However, it often comes at the expense of deep personal satisfaction and happiness. This is the Design Your Destiny podcast, and I am your host, Penny Chason, board-certified hypnotist and number one international best-selling author. I work with the highly successful influencers, business leaders, corporate leaders who desire a life by design. In this podcast, I will bring to you succinct solo episodes and interviews that dissect the challenges of success and highlights the ways to leverage your most underutilized asset, your subconscious mind. If you desire peace and happiness in your life, better health and stronger relationships so you can enjoy the success that you have created, keep listening because this podcast is for you. Hey, everybody, it's Penny, and I'm back with another episode of Design Your Destiny. We are going to have an excellent conversation today. I have Todd G with me. We were just having a little pre-talk, and I think we're actually going to dive in just a few minutes talking about why a million dollars really isn't that much. Three million really isn't that much for a successful business, but depending on where you are, it may feel like a lot. But before we get into all of that, I want you to know a little bit about Todd. He is the owner of Tresnick Media. He is a marketing specialist. He helps brands get seen online. He has been featured in Entrepreneur, Forbes, Huffington Post, and you can find him at tresnickmedia.com. I'm just putting that out there right now because this conversation is going to get so exciting. I do not want to forget about this. And his agency is certified in 11 disciplines in helping you to get your message out there. Because if you are not in that online space, if you are not visible, the people are not going to find you. People go to their phone to do their research with who they want to work with now, who they want to connect with, be it service or product based. So Todd G, welcome. Please, if there's something you want to add to that introduction, go ahead and do so. And then we're just going to dive right into where we were a few minutes ago. Yeah, no, that was great. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. Every time we chat, it seems podcast worthy. So I'm glad that we're finally recording one to get out to more people. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, before we came on, we were talking about the audience who listens to design your destiny. And I have a very broad audience in terms of level of entrepreneurship. And the discussion evolved to where we are mentally when we think about growing a million dollar business or a multi-million dollar business. And depending where you are, that feels really big. And no matter what level of business that you are, we can go through these cycles where we don't know what we don't know. We need to know what questions we're asking. And the entire reason that Todd and I are even connected today is with everything blowing up with chat GPT and integrity and our messaging and in our marketing, things have just spilled over and evolved. And to be honest, when I think back to where I was in 2018, $100,000 $100,000 felt like a lot. And now two to 300, it's come on, baby, like we need to get the wheels <laughs> turning on the bus. Let's get to a million because I want to have impact. And it's having impact doesn't happen. I hate to say it. This is the truth. Impact doesn't happen in low multi six figures. So t- take it away around your thoughts about 
where you mentioned you're growing your business and your mindset around that. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you start a new business and I guess let's just start at like the beginning phases of it, right? Like you, everyone gets this six figure milestone and that's really what I've pivoted people to thinking about it is that's a, a milestone. It can't be your goal, right? Because I live in New Jersey, which is a very expensive place to live in general, but a hundred thousand dollar business really is not even a lot to cover your costs of fulfillment and marketing and ops. And once you start having to pay for softwares and equipment and whatever, like everything you need, even with an online virtual business, there's still a lot of expenses that come along with that. So like when you start taking all that stuff out and then taxes, like $100,000 is really not even like a sustainable living cost of living, right? From a top line revenue. And once you start to see that on the horizon and you start to realize it, you're like, oh, wow. That is really just a milestone to celebrate on the way, but we can't slow it down once we get there. And then once you start to get like your cash flow established and a customer base established and you have that stability, and then you start thinking about that million dollars. And this is what we were just talking about is like on your way up, that seems like a big number. And especially like the, all the stories that most of us are told growing up, like a, and money's not what it used to be, right? But a million dollars seemed like an infinite amount of money when I was a kid, right? That yeah. seemed like a crazy number. So like, we still have those like subconscious stories around like a million dollars is like infinity. And that's a huge number to strive for and all that kind of thing. That would be like insane to ever be able to achieve something like that. But then once you start to really sit down and look at it. So like you said, if I want to be able to build a business that has an impact, especially if you're going to start hiring people on your team, it, it becomes a million dollars is almost like the minimum to get to. And looking at it as, okay, I'm at 100, I want to get to 300, to 600, to a million. Those feel like heavy steps, just like working out feels heavy when you start lifting weights, you start lifting lighter weights and they get heavier and heavier. But once you build those muscles and change your perspective around, wow, there's like trillions and trillions of dollars in the world circulating. And the amount, like the percentage of getting like a few million dollars a year becomes very small. And you and I have been in the rooms with people of all different, income levels. And for me to build a business from scratch up to $3 million feels like a heavy long journey. And then one of my business mentors has stepped aside from a $40 million a year business. And like with the snap of his fingers, it seems is at multiple millions of dollars within a year, because to him, that's lightweight. And $3 million is not a lot. And it's a different perspective. And he's on a different energy level and frequency of like, how much he can attract easily and earn and actions you have to take, et cetera. But right. that's light work for someone who is coming where $3 million is coming down. So when you try and shift your perspective and what I was saying to you, I'm trying to shift my perspective to not like, wow, I'm climbing the mountain that is a very hard exercise to get to 3 million, as opposed to just, oh, $3 million is light and easy. What does it feel like for that to be light and easy? And changing the stories around like a million dollars is infinity and how that would be crazy to get there. And those are like the stories personally that I'm swirling around. And then I, I'm observing my colleagues and peers and mentors at all different levels and trying to steal from their stories and interpretations to climb up faster and easier. I, as you were saying that the metaphor that popped in my mind is when you're in multi six figures and you want to break seven low multi seven, it's like taking the music that's playing and just turning up the volume you don't have to change the whole track that you're listening to 
to just turn on the volume. And when we go to the stereo and we turn the volume knob, we don't expect there to be friction to turn up the volume. Yep. It just happens. But then when you want to branch out beyond, that's when you really start to bring in those additional revenue streams or whatever it is that that mm. might that might look like. One of the things that I fell in love with this year was at the end of last year, it's like I knew last year my media presence had to expand. I didn't have a consistent social media presence beforehand, but, I, but knowing where I want to go, I knew it needed to expand. And I tried my hand at hiring a team to come in to do my podcast production. And they were going to cut clips of my video and push those out. And two and a half months in, deliverables weren't happening one time. Podcast wasn't getting published one time. And I never... I don't think I ever got one single video clip published it into a well, that's insane. But, but in that time, a very profitable entrepreneur who I think to attend some of his events, you have to be at 500,000 to even get in the door to some of his events. You might know who I'm talking about. But anyway, he mentioned, if you have a business and you're not using Descript, like you're missing out on something. So I'm like, Descript, I go digging into it and it's this beautiful AI tool. And of course, like anything, child building Legos with no <laughs> instructions, within 25 minutes, I was able to figure some things out really nice and easy. And then chat GPT was blowing up. So I've started playing with that a little bit. I hired someone, I trained them how I wanted my videos to look and it's, things have just progressively gotten better and better, but what I noticed is when we use these technologies to leverage our time to enhance our message or our ability to get our message out there, it really is just that. It's limited in its capacity. And I have fed this thing my show notes. I have finessed my prompts and it would spit out a summary of show notes that sounded like Walker, Walter Cronkite reading the news <laughs> during the Vietnam conflict. It's just like, what <laughs> is this? Does it sound like me? Trash, right? But you, we are seeing now a lot of AI generated content and it's easy for people to go into that mode when they're nervous about investing in team or they can't invest in team or outsource. And it seems like it's really easy. And it's to the point where when I receive emails, I can tell yeah. if AI wrote the email or if the person, I use AI, but then I play with it and I make it right. mine. I just, it's an idea generator. It helps me get yeah. past creative blocks, but I've received things that I know the person and I know that what landed in my inbox was completely counter to their beliefs and their position on a topic. So in just around the idea of being in integrity with who we are, the message that we're portraying, how are you using AI in your business? And what are some of the recommendations that you have for people so they don't end up stumbling into one of these pitfalls where they inadvertently end up putting out something that is not aligned with them, their business or their values. Yeah, that's crazy. And let's like, you just described two different scenarios, one for you and one for this person that you received right. the email from, right? Like for you, it wasn't necessarily opposed to your values. It just was very dry and not your style. Yeah. 
the uh, which is whatever that's going to happen you spruce it up the other one where it's like the op if it's opposing beliefs to what your typical values are like that's a different type of scenario. And so what you've done and what you and I have worked on together is, and this is what I recommend for everyone is not sitting down on a blank chat GPT screen and saying, write me an email to send to my email list and then copying and pasting and sending it out. But rather taking, I, I do the same thing as you were recording video or video content, using my voice, giving it my perspective, and then using the transcript and saying, Hey, here's the information. Now write this into the, and we have all different prompts and iterations for this, but it's like, here's the information, the insights, the value, my perspective on things in 10 pages. But now can you put this into a 300 word email in my voice? And then it'll do that. And then you tweak it and go back and forth. So like it's using the proper information, insights and value. And that's where I think a lot of people are starting with that blank screen and having it write stuff. And they're either A, looking at it and saying, this doesn't work. I'm not going to use it, which is better than the other side where they're just copying and pasting and blindly putting it out, which is just foolish and irresponsible. Yeah. And regardless of who's creating it, whether it's ChatGPT or a freelancer or whatever, right? You should always be like making sure the stuff that you go out that goes out in your name is going to be up to your quality and standards and personality, right? I think number one, when things get very easy to do, the thinking around it becomes even more important. So it's very easy to create a free chat GPT account, open a new chat and say, write me an email to my email subscribers. I have a hypnosis business. And then it gives you text and you can copy and paste that and send it. Like that would take you six minutes to do that. That's the like lowest bar. You're, you're outsourcing your expertise also, which is like just from a business and values and branding standpoint is silly to do. If you're the expert on this topic, why are you outsourcing the creation of this from scratch to AI? And so you need to be putting your unique perspective into it. But the easier the doing becomes where people can do that, it's very similar to like how lazy email is because it's free to send versus when you used to have to buy envelopes and stamps and send out 10,000 letters to a list, right? And so you were much more thoughtful in writing those type of letters. And that's why copywriters of back in the day would be, and in today in some businesses still, are able to become such valuable resources because of how thoughtful and strategic they are around the writing. And it's, it's not about how long it takes you to write 800 words. It's about how much thought and value can you put into that? Can we speed up the creation or not? And then the distribution of it, right? So like when creation and distribution becomes so easy and there's such a low barrier to entry, anybody can sit down, do this and put it out to the world. And if it looks like trash, then people are going to not be attracted to your brand. And I also think you and I are in this different type of world than most people. I think your listeners are also with us on how the universe operates and how we're all connected energetically. And I think there's also that layer of it too, where if you sit down with a blank chat GPT and say, write me a social media post about why hypnosis is good for you and has benefits. And then you paste that. There's no, the energetic levels there. There's no human frequency behind it, as opposed to when you create something yourself and the energy that goes into that. And then you use chat GPT for formatting and say, Hey, here's my take on, you know, why hypnosis is so beneficial to help you go from 300,000 to one and a half million. And you give it that information. You say, write a version of this that can be a Facebook post, write a version of this that can be an email. And then you copy paste it into a doc and kind of tweak it a little bit for yourself. That's you going out there. Yeah, you can definitely 
tell the difference. The more that you feed into it, the more, and just really tell it like only use what I've provided you. Yeah. So it's not bringing in extraneous stuff, but I, I love yeah. what you said that the easier that these things become, the more that the thinking behind it becomes important because when people start thinking about growing their business, we've all heard the stories of people who burn out and we all remember what it took to get our business off the ground. And once you get to a place of ease and you can breathe, we really, our brain does not want to go back to that place again, but we think about growing and we think about needing to hand these things off to other people. And a good deal of that is having a self-managed team. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in every decision, do you have any experience or perspective that you would share with people about how to, if you do delegate this piece to someone on your team, how you manage that so that you don't have to be in every step of the business? Yeah. Content specifically, or just in general? Content specifically, but if you want to branch out yeah. than that. I'll start general. And then I can give great, I can give tactical specifics around content. I think I like the idea. Now, number one, whenever you bring someone new onto your team, like you, unless you're hiring like rockstar, a player with a lot of experience in exactly what you do. And even in those cases, like there still needs to be an expectation of onboarding and training and ramping up to getting full speed. Right. So making sure you manage your own expectations in that depending at which level they're coming in at, there's the 10, 80, 10 rule that I like where you sit down together for the first 10% of whatever project or assignment is and you get on the same page and then they handle 80% of the legwork. And then you come back in for the last 10% and finesse it, polish it up and do those kind of things. And during that process to train and cultivate your team to become better and to lessen it. So it's 595, right? Like one ninety-eight one is having open communication, transparency, and feedback so that they understand your level of thinking. Because again, like, especially when we're working with people, not AI, like we want to teach them how to think and think like us. And I think that's a huge thing people overlook. A lot of people will just start hiring and expect, especially like low six figures or trying to get to six figures, they'll hire a V, a cheap VA because they saw a bunch of all this training about how VAs are, you need a VA in your business, you shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z. And then they hire them and then they're just like, okay, go do stuff. There's a huge disconnect on how that happens. So on a project and task basis, I think like the training, the onboarding, having SOPs and processes, we use Asana and Google Docs, big on Loom for creating little quick video instructions on things. That stuff is all very important for training, onboarding. Even at a higher level as an entrepreneur and CEO of your business, having a clear vision, mission, and direction, and then values of your business will help your team with how they think and operate. Because if they understand where we're at and where we're going and the purpose of this, they can make better decisions and think more aligned with you as they're working and growing. If you haven't sat down and created a vision and your values for the business, then you can't get everyone on the same page, which means everyone's going to be doing something a little bit differently. And that 10, 80, 10 is really going to be like 40, 10, 40 or whatever. And be, because you haven't clearly defined vision, mission, outcome values on how to operate. So I think those are great first steps for bringing people in and ex expecting 
onboarding time, ramp up time. And, uh, and then when it comes to like content, content specifically, whether it's email, social ads, blog posts, et cetera, having that review process, we use Asana for our task management, but we use Airtable for tracking progress before publishing. So simple Kanban board, which like, if anyone's not familiar, it's like the five boards vertically next to each other, where the first one is a column that says ideas. The next one is work in progress. The next one is ready for review. The next one is needs feedback. And the next one is scheduled or published. And so you just simply move things across. So as your team is creating stuff, they're dragging it into work in progress. So you could see what they're working on. Then they drag it into ready for review. So you can jump in and give them feedback. Again, back to that, like communication and feedback is critical so that they can learn and grow. And that will ultimately take become less and less important for you to do as they become better at it and understand here's don't just take what they did and change it and publish it. Take it. I like to use Google docs suggestion mode so that they can see the changes that I'm making. And then I'll either put in the comments or usually my team and I have a daily huddle. So we'll just go over it in real time live or create a loom where I'm like, Hey, this was good because you did X, Y, and Z, but I, we really, to get it to where we need it to be a, B and C. And this was why this is how I'm thinking about it. And so they start to see that and they see the changes being made and they understand why. And so you'll see very quickly when you're, when you have more, when you're giving more feedback and communication much more quickly that you will have to review less and less over time because they're starting to understand why you're making those changes. I, one of the things that really stood out for me as you were saying all that, I remember when my business took off, I was at like maybe $2,000 months. I was brick mm -hmm. and mortar, still worked full-time at the hospital. And then I had a rainmaker moment and my business just took off and I was so busy. I physically couldn't work in the hospital anymore. And that was my goal was to get out anyway. And I remember the first VA that I hired, she came recommended. She was really good at what she did, but what I didn't know was understanding my strengths versus her strengths. And she was just as much a visionary as I was. So she was mm. having all of these ideas for my yeah. business. Not that there's anything wrong with that, yeah. but I needed more help on the implementation and the organizational side of it. And what I learned, I've been in healthcare for 25 years. I grew up with protocols, yeah. processes, everything gets done in a certain way. And I thought, I was really good at structure. And the first thing I found out is Penny freaking sucks <laughs> at structure in terms of creating that structure. Because I am very much a visionary. You give me a process and tell me to follow it and I'll turn it out for you. But don't ask me to sit and create an SOP and to write right. things out. Like I just would want to pull, pull my hair out, Yeah, which circles back to another part of the conversation that that we had really wanted to have and I'm probably going to be a little muddled getting there so one of my values is integrity and to being able to deliver and there are times where I have overcommitted. I think all entrepreneurs can yes. can say that and I used to take on clients for anything. Like I, I wasn't mm -hmm. narrowed down. You talk about that mission and that vision and values. And I think as solopreneurs, there comes a point where you definitely have to have that nailed down. If you're going to have yeah. the clarity to move forward and to grow, but 
I was in a mastermind for a couple of years, but what I thought I was asking good questions, but there was still a lot that I did not know. And probably one of the most painful things for me was realizing at different times, there is something missing and I don't know what I don't know. So I was grasping at different strategies, different techniques, different types of coaches until trying to identify where the gaps were so that my success would be sustainable. And in that process, I've encountered people who would sell to anyone who had the money to invest in their multi-five-figure program. And I have met people who you had to apply. And if there were things missing in your business, you did not qualify to come into their space because they only wanted you in their space if you had the things in place that were going to allow you to succeed because they knew or know what their lane is in helping someone. And I remember reaching out to somebody on Facebook. She's a Facebook ads expert. And at the time I was still doing hypnosis training and I had a whole funnel built out. I did it myself. So you can imagine the quality of the funnel. We're just not, we're just not even going to go there. And I told her, I said, she was asking me questions about the funnel. I'm like, I have great open rates, but people don't even click to watch the videos that I link to in, in the funnel. She goes, then there's something you're not ready for ads. There's something not there yet. You just... You have to work out that whole process before you ever invest a dime in ads. And I have so much respect for that person. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people would have been, I had someone before, yeah, it's 12,000, it's 10,000 for us to set everything up and then 2000 a month for the ad spend. Yeah. And thank, I thank God I didn't have the money at the time to invest in that because I would have been flushing my, my in yeah. my investment down the toilet. And as this online space, I know I'm really taking the horse around the barn here. I'm going to get to my question. And <laughs> it's all good context. I, I'm going to get to my question in a minute. So what I've noticed has happened. So many people have flooded into the online space. It seems like it's an easy way to make money. And sometimes people invest to work with these people and then they just disappear the work doesn't get delivered or it's very poor quality when it does get delivered. And what are the questions? I've learned the questions I would ask, like, where do I need to be in my business for what you're offering me to work? Yeah. Like, where should my business be? What metrics should I have in place? What should already be there at a baseline? But a lot of people are finding themselves in situations where expectations aren't being met. I'm not going to say things aren't being delivered, but expectations aren't being met Mm -hmm. because there's two sides to that equation as well. And communication is key. I also think that because we're in the online space and everybody blasts everything on social media, I don't believe this is a new phenomenon. I just think we're much more aware of it. Like when the 24-7 news cycle came out. So- What are your thoughts around businesses who either don't deliver or people are perceiving they're not delivering, ghosting clients, clients ghosting vendors? It just seems there's a lot of noise in this space and people are quick to point fingers. And I think it's much deeper than somebody just took my money and didn't show up, though I'm sure there are those situations out there. 
Yeah. There's again, two different scenarios. Number one, paying for something that doesn't get delivered is, is unacceptable. Right. In in ninety in 99.9% of scenarios, like from that perspective, when you're getting started on any kind of project is, Hey, okay, what's the timeline and expectations on when things are going to be delivered and are we on track and blah, blah, blah. And that goes from everything. I told you, we just bought a new house. Okay. We have like appraisals, home insurance qualifications for the new place. Like the mortgage for our house, the mortgage from the other people, right? There's all these timelines and our realtor, when we close, when we accepted offer and got our offer accepted, she sent us an email with a PDF that said, here's the timeline for the next 60 days and the dates of everything that needs to get done. So understanding like timelines and milestones out of the gate and just the general trust of who you're hiring and credibility that like they're going to get things done and delivered. That's one thing is just, and it goes back to the integrity that you talked about before. And to me, it's just a sad situation to be duping people into giving you money and then not doing the work. That's just <laughs> not cool. But then there's the other, and that's more black and white to say that person's just an ass, right? But then there's the other scenario where if you are hiring someone and you're not qualified to hire them yet. And again, there's companies who don't qualify their clients and they'll take anyone who's got a pulse and a credit card. I want to say shame on them for doing that type of thing. The responsibility falls on both parties in that scenario. Like you bought something you shouldn't have bought, right? Don't go into the Ferrari dealership if you need to go buy a used Honda, right? It falls on everybody there. But like the other portion is being educated around what you're doing. And the Facebook ads is a great example. And I don't do, my current business model is I don't have an ads funnel that gets people to book a call with me and I have a quote unquote sales call and I sell them or don't sell them. Most of mine, I have a pretty solid audience and most of my conversations come organically and naturally and being helpful, which is part of my, those are my values. And so I don't, I turn away 95% of the people who might, who think that they're going to be interested in hiring me because I know that they're not ready for it or it's not the right thing for their business. And I have existing clients who are on certain models and they're, and like last week, a client emailed and said, how much, or what, what does it look like? We want to start doing Facebook ads. And that's the question a lot of people ask and they want an answer. Like you said, it's $10,000 to get started in $2,000 a month, or you have to spend $5,000. Like they want a one sentence answer to be able to say yes or no. And unfortunately, that's not how you have to think about it. And this goes back to how it's the thinking that's important. And so they they straight up said, and could it be easy for me to say, oh, it's $5,000. Yeah, here, yeah, I'll add that to your next invoice and let's get started. That would be super easy. But while I do think that it's a benefit for them, they still need to understand. So I was like, we need to get on a phone call and I'll educate you on the process and what to expect on how it works and what you need to do. And like in Facebook ads specifically, it's like, all right, are we going to create one single ad that's going to take your business off? Probably not. So what you need to understand is there's going to be dozens of variations of ads that need to be created over the next 60 days. And they need to run at this type of budget. And this is how it works. Just in a 30 minute high level conversation, like you don't have to memorize this stuff. You don't need to become a Facebook ads expert. You just need to understand the components and what's happening so you can make an educated decision on, is this something I'm interested in committing to? Because maybe the $10,000 and $2,000 a month is no problem for you to pay off, but the mental capacity 
or the decision-making over the next 60 days of going through this is not enough. Yeah, you want to join the gym? It's a hundred bucks a month. Oh, I can afford a hundred bucks a month. You have to come every day and work out. It's like, oh, hold up. I didn't know that was part of the deal. And, and, and with Facebook ads too, it's like Facebook ads are a traffic source in your business. You're going to run ads. Facebook will show it to people because you're paying them. And if they click on it, that's great. And they go to a opt-in page. Do you have an opt-in page? Do you have a lead magnet? Do you have the follow-up for that? Do you have this? Like your person said, Hey, it sounds like you're only halfway there. So you shouldn't get started. So it's important to get a little educated before you start hiring. Now with certain people, this is how I operate. I like to educate before. I don't like to just sell people on the outcome. I want to say, Hey, this is what it's going to look like. And this is what you need to know to make a, an educated decision on this for your business. So I think making sure that you're Ask, you're not asking a simple question, hoping for a simple answer, but trying to educate yourself, put yourself in a position for success and making educated decisions, I think is super, super important. And similar to what we talked about on the other subject is the easier the doing gets, the more important the thinking is. Yeah. One of the questions I've learned to ask is what is going to be required of me yeah. in this process? And that has saved me from some things as well, because it's, oh, if I don't have me personally, I don't have the bandwidth to create and to invest in this as well. And you're right. It does go both ways. And even if we don't ask the right questions, and even if we feel that someone that we signed on to their program or whatever, maybe they should have qualified us better, but we get to accept responsibility for having chosen to make that investment, to make that yeah. decision, because nobody put a gun to our head and forced us to do that. But one of the other things is intuition. Yeah. Intuition has saved me from some investments as well. And I think trusting our intuition and not letting our desire to shortcut and get somewhere faster to not let that shortcut our intuition yeah, I think it's very important and it's intriguing. I love to observe people. I love to watch and I'm in a few very high level Facebook groups and I watch what people post and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And it, it doesn't matter how successful we become. Sometimes we can get into a place where our gut or our intuition is telling us, hey, you might not want to do that, but we get so enthusiastic and excited. Yeah. And maybe even in some instances could be driven by fear, lack, or scarcity and feel like we need to get something done that we totally ignore what the universe is telling us. Yeah. And I totally agree with you on intuition and the people that are listening to you and following you are definitely in the space of understanding how to tap into the source and feelings and true intuition. But it's also important to be able to recognize, am I feeling squeamish because this is new and unfamiliar versus this is my intuition telling me don't do it, right? And being able to recognize the difference there is, can, is a huge game changer. Yeah. I recently went live in my Facebook group and I was talking about that intuition doesn't have emotion it's just like mm -hmm. a blanket yeah don't do that yeah and when you're like well, why wouldn't I want to do that if there's no emotion coming up as to why you shouldn't do it that you're afraid of it or this doesn't feel comfortable or I don't know those things are all fear-based and it's a lot of the work that I do with my clients as they step into a new identity because that's really what happens 
when we do the deeper subconscious work is they're shifting into that identity of the person that they desire to be. And that means there is a lot of new territory that they're exploring and it's unfamiliar. And that unfamiliar aspect can trigger the amygdala in the same way that fear does. Exactly. Just because it's uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So being able to recognize that there's no actual real reason that you're feeling that it's just there's no tiger behind the bush. It's okay. No, right? it's, like it's, <laughs> it's just being out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And yeah. I just love seeing the way that people are starting to step out and really do what they're passionately aligned with. And yeah you're passionately aligned about what you do. So I would love for you to share a little bit about what you do, how you help entrepreneurs and what level of the game are people ready to come in and play with you? Well, if you have a credit card, just call me and we're going (laughs) to, I want to circle back on a topic that will lead right into this perfectly is I think another thing when it comes to the questions you should be asking people and is, and unfortunately you do have to use your intuition to, to read through the true answers on this. But I consider myself a strategic partner with our clients as opposed to a vendor. I think that's buzzword might not be the right, but I think it's cliche. And I think a lot of marketers, I think a lot of service businesses will say that. And what I mean by that is what we just described in terms of, I want to help you make educated decisions. And that happens before we start working together. And it happens while we're working together. And then hopefully from working together, you become a different type of thinker around these things, not just in marketing, but in business and life in general. And then you can take that and go on. And I love hearing from clients that we worked with years ago that reach out and say, Hey, we just put this in place again, or we went through those things again and did this and things are going like, I love hearing that and helping people evolve into better thinkers in how they run their business and their life. So when you're looking for someone to help you with something, understand If it's not your area of expertise, right? If you're a hypnotist, you're not a Facebook ads expert. So you should not hire a vendor who's just going to take your money and do the job because the doing of the work is the easy part. It's the thinking that becomes important. And if you just go to someone and say, I want to run Facebook ads and they go, I know how to use Facebook ads manager. I can do that for you. They might even be well-intentioned right? Like they might even do, they might do all the right tasks, right? Like I created a campaign in Facebook ads manager. I created an ad set. I created an audience. We took your copy and your image and we put it here and we put in the credit card and we ran ads. Like we did the job, we did the deliverable, we did it, but they didn't think properly overall on the campaign from front to end, your business objectives. How does that fit in? And they didn't educate you on hey, Facebook is a traffic source. So it's one part of the whole process. And this is what you should expect, right? So when you're looking for someone to help you with something, this is an example of Facebook ads, but regardless of what channel or tactic, if it's marketing or fulfillment or ops or HR or CFO, whatever, say, okay, cool, you're a bookkeeper. And you had a great episode with MT, who is a bookkeeper. Definitely guys go listen to that. It was awesome. It's, oh, cool. You're a bookkeeper. So you're just going to go into my QuickBooks and categorize my stuff once a month. Or are you going to educate me on how I should be spending my money and how we can be categorizing our expenses differently and connect me with the right tax partners? So whether it's Facebook ads or something else, it's look for people who can help you think and learn about these processes, not so that you become an expert bookkeeper or an expert Facebook marketer, but so that you can make educated decisions for your business. And like, 
tough news. If you decided to be an entrepreneur, this is the job, right? Like you have, you do have to be able to learn and think about these things like, and come in and out of different seasons. Otherwise don't be an entrepreneur, right? Do something different. But those are all different parts of the business and you have to be open and seeking like proactively to be educated and become a better thinker in these things that you're doing. So with that, what do we do? (laughs) Our little nutshell is we help entrepreneurs with a powerful message, reach and impact more people. That's my mission is to help people do that right now in today's world. That means we will help you with planning out your marketing strategy on who's your audience. How do we get in front of them? What kind of content do you have to create? That's going to become visible on Google on and on social media. How do we build your email list and engage your audience? Here's the things you should be talking about. How do we now create an operational plan for taking your expertise out of your brain, turning it into, into all that content, making it easy so that your social media is active and present and engaging, moving people through the customer journey. Tactically, we can help build your website, come up with an SEO plan, your social media ads, your organic social, your email, your automations, all that kind of stuff for taking your business online. But really, my passion obviously is in that helping think strategically part of it. And we help business owners. We do have a mastermind community consulting program that starts off as a relatively affordable option for people who are ready to invest in their growth and their thinking. And then we have services that range up where if you're just getting started, you have to invest in getting that kind of stuff foundationally. And the marketing services, once you hit a couple hundred thousand and you're ready to start growing, throw some fuel on the fire, that's where our services part of the business really comes in and helps you start multiplying your impact. Yeah. You mentioned something and I really want to highlight it before we wrap this up. And you were talking about hiring someone to do the Facebook ads and maybe they're an expert at setting up the ads, but that doesn't necessarily make them an advertising Mm -hmm. expert in terms of the strategy behind Mm -hmm. it, because we can call ourselves an expert around a lot of things. And I love that I'm an expert in helping people wrap their mind around the you strategy that helps them to be successful in business. I can talk marketing. I can talk branding. I can talk money, but I am not an expert in those specific things. I help people to think better so that they can choose when and how to invest in those things and to be out of their own way so that they flow more easily. So is there somewhere that you would like for people to go? Is there something that you would have for the audience that would help them to understand their own strategy better? Yeah. If you go to tresnickmedia.com slash free resources, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you guys can opt in for, download different guides, templates and stuff. And that'll put you on my email list. And I send out usually an email or two every week with just some insights or stories about what's working, what's not working and what you should be thinking about. So tresnickmedia.com slash free resources will send you there. All right. Fantastic. I love this conversation. <laughs> I know I get the rambles, but my audience is used to I'm it. with you too. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I think it's all great stuff. And, and I love what you're doing and what you're helping people with. I love that you're showing up and serving and putting value out into the marketplace with your podcast and content and stuff. So I just want to acknowledge you and, and say thank you for all that you're doing and help to raise the level of humanity here. All right. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. I want you to go find Todd on social, show him some love, go check out his free resources. We'll have all of the links in the show notes and I will see you all next week. Bye now.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Destiny. I would love to know what resonated most with you. So just take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at penny.chason and let me know what you thought. Also, if you head over to iTunes and you leave a positive review, it helps this podcast to help reach even more people making a difference, elevating humanity and mankind. 